Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast that you might not have realized still existed, but hey, we're still here talking about the hijinks of all manner of creatures, great and small in Mystic Falls, Virginia. My name's Claire. You might remember me. You might also remember my co-host, Beth. Hello. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 10, The New Deal. Wow, it has been a while, Claire. It sure has. I think we needed to take a moment to remind ourselves what happened on the show before we started watching it again. And similarly, I think we need to refresh your memories on who we are and what's been happening in our lives to keep us away from you for so long. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my name is Beth. Um, Claire and I are good old pals back from our 20s when we were fun, young chickens. I don't know. Fun, young chickens. (laughs) The Beth Kozlowskis and Claire Haley story. Yes. Um... So we started this podcast, like, what, two years ago? Some amount of time ago. Yeah. In our lives. Uh Uh-huh. And um, we were recording the podcast, like, very regularly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we would do two or three episodes at a clip. We would publish it out every week, and we had listeners, and it was great. Um, And then I got pregnant and had a child, and we haven't recorded an episode in almost a year, maybe nine months. Nine months is what SoundCloud tells me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have no personal memory of time or space. That seems about right because my child is now almost nine months. So Aww. if we did one when I was on the pregnant end of being pregnant, then that would make a lot of sense. But you were hella pregnant. I was I was hella pregnant for a while there. I was very large and in charge, very uncomfortable, but the best, tiniest human came out literally and figuratively of the situation. <laughs> so um, I would call it a win. I agree. You have produced a very outstanding child. Yeah, he's super cute and really happy. And we're recording in my house right now. So dear listeners, you may hear some baby babble, um, some baby crying. He has a fever right now um, and kind of a nasty cough and a cold combo. Don't worry. I took him to the doctors. He's Don't call CPS. up to date on all of his vaccines. The cats are taking great care of him right now, so don't you worry. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, um, you know, Mike, our guest host sometimes, also my husband, um, he's taking care of him over on the other side of the apartment now. He's being the opposite of a Jeremy Gilbert. He is. He's being um, an equal partner and a great dad, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, things have been good. Very busy. Um, The patriarchy, you know, (laughs) it's still grinding me down, (laughs) but we'll talk about that more in Wire Men, right? Oh, yeah, we will. (laughs) What have you been up to, Claire? Well, I must also shoulder some of the blame for the long hiatus since I did decide to just randomly move to Wisconsin (laughs) for mostly no reason. That any human could understand. Cheese reasons. But I'm lactose intolerant. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I've been living up there. Still the Midwest. Mostly the same in every way except, like, fewer people. And I have gotten off of, you may recall, I was working the overnight shift and being a real-life vampire for a while, but I've stopped doing that. 
Hooray. working in the daylight hours, and I have not produced any human beings out of my body, but uh, I sure enjoy staring at Beth's <laughs> child. He's cute. Yes. My human body. <laughs> yes, best human body. Oh, I have a secret. Yes, your child is outstandingly cute. I don't know how it's possible. I always say that, and then I'm like, oh, it's like. That sounded really mean. I just meant like it shouldn't be possible for any human to be cute. Oh, no. Like I that. did not take offense <laughs> to it. Um, I always look at him and I'm like, oh, this is the cutest baby that's ever lived. And then I realize that I'm biologically programmed to think that, so I can't trust my own opinion. So I appreciate that feedback. I am not biologically programmed because he is not my child. I am not the father. You are not the father. (laughs) Maury doesn't need to run any tests. Okay, good to know. So yeah, that's uh, what's going on with us. We're... Very excited, a little nervous to be back. It's been so long, we're not sure we remember how to do this, so please be kind and patient. Yeah, it can't be as bad as our first episode, so if, you're, <laughs> if you've stuck with us this long, um, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, and now that we've babbled for five minutes about ourselves, let's talk about some vampires and their diaries, huh? Yes, let's do it. So we started with our favorite character, Isbani. I got just got so excited the moment she came on screen. I was like, it's been so long, our old friends. I know. I was like, oh, we haven't seen Bonnie in a recent episode. And I was <laughs> like, no, that's not true. I just haven't watched this show in nine months. Yes. And she was wearing a statement necklace, I noticed. It was like a big gold piece. Ooh. Good job, Bonnie. And she's in our favorite habitat. That's not <laughs> the word I was looking for. She's in a house. She's in the witch house, which we know and love from all the times that she was using the MiFi with Jeremy. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. And as the subtitles on the TV told us, there was indistinct spooky whispers or something like that. Disembodied whispers. Disembodied. That was it. (laughs) And we know that's the voices of the witches. Yes. So she's walking through the creepy witch house and she's going down some stairs it's super dusty in there and she walks into a room and we see four caskets (gasps) what could it mean i don't know what are they where'd they come from so she goes and walks close to one and she opens it and we see that klaus is lying in the casket and i was like haven't watched this show in a hot minute but i'm pretty sure i would remember if klaus died yep Probably. So I was very confused. And in his hand, he was clutching Elena's slash Rebecca's necklace. Oh, right. And I think something happened then, but I was distracted by the cute baby. But it's revealed, oh, well, Bonnie wakes up, possibly Klaus does something spooky, but it was a dream. They get me every time with the intro dream sequence in this show. Yep. They use it a lot. They do. It is a, a... theme for the show lots yeah. of dreams so we don't know what's going on there we we dimly recall that last time we <laughs> watched the show uh klaus had been going on about how he had been carting around his family that he stabbed for some reason and Stefan stole all the coffins so we we think that this is probably linked somehow although we find out later bonnie doesn't think it means anything right yes just just a dream. Yeah, why not? And we get another staple of the Vampire Diaries in our next scene. 
Elena's jogging down the street and a terrible song is playing in the background. Oh, yes. This one was bad. Almost as bad as the last song in the episode. But she's jogging and then this like creepy looking goon is jogging a few uh, meters behind her. I don't know why I went metric all of a sudden. <laughs> wow, Claire, you've become very cultured since the last time we spoke. In Wisconsin, we go by the metric system. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Oh, Okay. So, this guy, for some reason, is jogging with... I think his hoodie is unzipped, but he has the hood fully up. Yeah, it was either unzipped or it was, like, a short-sleeve hoodie. Yeah, it was weird, and he looked like a creep. And Elena, of course, is sensing him because, you know, sometimes when you are out in the world and you are female-presenting, you have a greater awareness of, perhaps, men in your vicinity who might be a danger. Yes, you're ready to go at any minute, because you have to be. So she looks around, a little freaked out, and she stops, and then she doesn't see him. She's like, oh, I'm just being super paranoid. What's wrong with me? But then he just runs right into her, and she's just, like, standing still for long moments, and he just gently bumps against her. (laughs) He's like, oh, sorry. I did not see you there. Yeah, he's like, oh, I guess I should watch where I'm going. Yeah, LOL. you should, motherfucker. I know. And Elena was like, haha. She didn't know what to say. One of those awkward situations where you're not sure if this guy bumped into you on purpose or not, but you're trying not to die. Yeah, so you appease him and just try to get out of the situation without any problems. Yes. And then we go to the Mystic Grill. Yes, I miss this place so much. You know, the fire is roaring because we found out in the previous scene that it was it's autumn. It's fall outside. Oh, yeah, because there are some like red leaves on some of the trees, although some of the bushes in the yards were immaculately green. So who knows? (laughs) Early fall, I guess. (laughs) They did start school. It was like the homecoming dance last week. So definitely fall. Oh, okay, that's right. And Bonnie and Elena are catching up, and Elena's just like, I'm so paranoid all the time, I keep expecting Klaus to come out and murder me, because he knows I tried to murder him recently, and that seems like a thing that he might do. Right. But Bonnie's pretty chill, and she mentions the dream that she had about the coffins, and says it's a recurring dream she's been having over and over. That's right, yeah. So Elena is asking Bonnie, what do you think this dream means? And Bonnie's like, oh, you know, it definitely means nothing. Um, just a stress dream. and <laughs> A recurring stress dream about the magical witch house and a situation that is very relevant to what's happening in the world probably means nothing. <laughs> yes. Bonnie's just shrugging it off. Who is this woman? Then they talk about Stefan. I think Bonnie asks how Stefan is or something and... Elena reminds us that he vamoosed at the end of last episode after betraying everybody. Yes. In fact, she says, he betrayed us. He's gone. The Stefan we know is gone. R.I.P. girl. And Bonnie's like, oh, well, how's, how's Damon doing with that? Since when does Bonnie care? I know. Bonnie hates Damon. Yeah. They just do this to transition scenes. <laughs> so when Bonnie asks that, it cuts away and we see Damon and Alaric bellied up at the bar at the Mystic Grill like they always are. This really felt like a greatest hits like series of scenes at the beginning. Everything I was just so excited. It's like classic terrible song, classic dream sequence, or at the Mystic Grill. 
Damon and Alaric at the bar at the grill together. Right. But I love it. Shocking twist. Alaric isn't drinking. Oh, wow. Damon's like, Bloody Mary, mimosa. So I guess it's morning. And Alaric's like, oh, I got a great paper. So I'm here to see Jeremy. I don't know why I'm doing the Jeremy voice for him. Because we're thinking about Jeremy and it impairs our mental state. And uh, Damon drops a line here that we had to rewind because I was like, wait, where did this come from? He says, oh, well, I can't drink all of this alone or somebody's getting naked. <laughs> yes. And then the bartender, like, gives him a flirty look, and I'm like, honey, he was not flirting with you. No, she, like, popped up out of the background to do a sexy smile. It was interesting. He was seducing Alaric. It was very clear to all of us that has not changed. Mm -hmm. But apparently Alaric needs to talk to Jeremy because he plagiarized his last essay for history class and copied and pasted it straight from the internet and... That just doesn't fly in Mr. S's class. That's what Bing will get you. Oh, yeah. He must have binged cool history paper. <laughs> just copy this first result. <laughs> also, like, I love how the show still puts up the pretense of Alaric teaching and right? being their teacher, even though they haven't showed that shit in, like, two seasons. Yeah. Also, why couldn't Alaric just talk to him at home? They live together. <laughs> That's why I was so confused in the next scene when they're at Elena's house. I'm like, oh, he still lives there. <laughs> but a uh, very important role that the mistaken bartender plays here is she's like, oh, are you guys talking about Jeremy Gilbert? Yeah, he got fired last week. What? Jeremy Gilbert can't keep his job at the grill? I am shocked. Matt must be so disappointed. <laughs> Matt was not present in this episode. What a shame. Oh, God. Thank God. Although, tragically, there was also no Caroline, which was very upsetting. But that's life, I guess. So, speaking of Jeremy, we cut to the woods where he and Tyler are hanging out. And they have Jeremy has a crossbow. Yes. And he's using it to shoot, like, empty cans off of a log. And, like, that's not how you practice with a crossbow. I mean, I don't know a lot about crossbows at all, but it seemed weird that they were out there. And why do they have a crossbow? It was ridiculous, but Tyler says something about how he's pissed off at Caroline and Jeremy's sad because Bonnie dumped him because we might remember he cheated on her with a ghost. Oh, yes. So sad. And so Tyler says the most important thing for them to be doing right now is to be drinking and shooting things. Great advice, Tyler. You are a champion. Oh my gosh. Tyler continues to be a piece of shit. Um, And things start to get a little weird because Tyler reminds us that he is a hybrid. Um, So he kind of challenges Jeremy to shoot him. And Jeremy's like, no, I don't really want to shoot you. And Tyler's like, why? The only way I'm going to die is if you either cut my head off or rip my heart out. So go ahead and shoot me. So Jeremy, like, gets the strength to do it, and then Tyler just straight up catches the bow in his hand. It was Mm -hmm. weird. The arrow. The arrow. Sorry. (laughs) It's all very flirtatious. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet gross, because they're gross. I also notice in this scene and throughout the episode that Tyler is wearing, like, one of those green green army jackets, but he has the collar popped. 
Oh. I'm like, that's not the style of coat that you pop the collar on, but I think it's like part of his characterization in this episode is he's continuing to be a little unhinged now that he's a hybrid. So it's like, oh, he's so rebellious and out of control. He has his collar popped and his hair is especially spiky. Wow. What's going on with Tyler? I wish I knew. I wish I could explain it to the people. There's no explanation. No. There's no explanation for why everyone hangs out at the Mystic Grill all the time. We sure go there back. is. It's the only restaurant in town. <laughs> oh, okay. That's true. Uh, and uh, Damon's still drinking alone at the bar. It seems like this is some sort of bottomless brunch situation. Yeah. And you notice that, like, they just had the liquor bottles out <laughs> on the, <laughs> like, open on the bar for anybody to just grab and drink straight from. Yes. Damon made a mimosa in his mouth. <laughs> or no, he made a screwdriver in his he mouth. A screwdriver, he yeah. did a shot of vodka and then chugged straight from like a carafe of orange juice. Ew. That's oh, not damn. sanitary. It's not sanitary at all. So Elena goes up to Damon and they're just kind of like shooting the shit and catching up. And playing darts. Oh yeah, playing darts. And Elena observes that Damon is day drunk and she explains, Damon, that's not your most attractive look. And I told Claire that day drunk is my most attractive look. I can corroborate. Yes. Um, so Elena tells Damon that Jeremy lost his job at the grill and that he's been super sullen and upset since him and Bonnie or since Jeremy and Bonnie broke up. It's like, what do you have to be moody about? You should be, like, pounding on Bonnie's door, begging her to forgive you. I mean, don't. Yeah. But but he doesn't seem to feel that it's his fault in any way that I can see in this episode, and it's very annoying. Oh, yeah. No, he takes no blame, even though he cheated on her with a ghost. (sighs) Good Lord. But Damon and Elena's conversation is kind of cut short because Klaus comes strolling into the grill like he owns the place and he's followed by a person that we recognize it's the same douchebag that ran into elena earlier in the episode when she was out for her jog and i noticed klaus is talking like especially britishly this episode i wrote down his exact words because it sounds like me doing an impression of a british person (laughs) he says i just came down to my local pub to have a drink with a mate Oh, yes. I noticed that, too. And I keep wanting to call this guy Toby, but it's Tony, right? It's Tony, yeah. Not Toby, like the HR representative from The Office. (laughs) I have never watched that show, so... Oh, really? I know. I watched the first episode the night it aired, and I said, no, thank you, and then I never watched it again. (laughs) Hey, I respect that dedication. (laughs) Anyway, not Toby was the jogger and we learned that he's actually one of Klaus's hybrids and he's been tailing Elena. Yes. And I think our favorite line of the episode was here because Damon and Elena (laughs) think that Klaus has come to like murder them because you might remember, we didn't really remember until the episode reminded us that last week Damon and Elena very stridently attempted to murder Klaus. Yes. So Damon says, you're going to do this at the grill? Here in front of everyone? 
There's nowhere else in town to do this, Damon. Oh my gosh, I know. I loved that. What a piece of throwaway dialogue. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know exactly what makes it so funny, but it cracked me up. Yeah, me too. Like, you're going to do this at the grill? <laughs> like, Have you no class? Was, yeah, right. As if, like, if you were coming to kill someone... Like, it's not the killing that's the problem. It's doing it at the Mystic Grill in front of everyone during Bottomless Brunch. And he sounded so offended by the idea. (laughs) He really did. Um, So Klaus puts that aside and says, hey, I'm not here to kill you. Why aren't you British? I'm not here to kill you. Oh, sorry. That's horrible. No, that was Um, great. (laughs) I'm just here looking for Stefan. Yes, he says Stefan stole something from him and he needs it back. But also, he's thinking about just staying in Mystic Falls. It seems like a nice place to make a home. Also, has anybody seen Rebecca? Yes, it was like so weird. Also, why does everyone want to live in this shit town with one restaurant? There's absolutely no reason. Unless they're in love with Elena, which is like 80% of the cast. Oh, you're right. Yeah, everyone just loves Elena. Oh, speaking of uh, British accents, I did write brother, B-R-U-T-H-A-H. That's how Klaus says brother. Brother. Mm -hmm. So he covered a lot, really, in like two seconds of like what's going on with him. Yes. But (laughs) Elena gets really sassy in this moment when Klaus is like, Stefan stole from me. She says, that sounds like a Klaus and Stefan problem. Yes, I left that from Elena. Hey, girl. And then Klaus was like, it sounds like we need to broaden the scope here. He wants to make his problems everybody's problem because he's a man. Yay. And also because he's Klaus. Yes. And he wants to use corporate speak like broaden the scope (laughs) to explain what's going to happen next. Exactly. And then I think we go back to the witch house. We do. And our favorite character, Bonnie, is there. She's just exploring. And she's Um, wearing another big necklace. This one is like a medallion pendant. Ooh. Was it the necklace from season one? No. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. That would have been cool. What happened to that thing? I don't know. That was many years ago. (laughs) I know. It was. Many years and many beers. Yep. Um, So Bonnie is down there. I think that she, does she see said coffins? I don't think so. I think she's just fo- uh, following the spooky voices down to the basement again and is like, oh, remember when I lived with Jeremy Gilbert here and then he cheated on me with a ghost? Yeah. That was fun. And then suddenly Stefan emerges from the shadows as is his wand. Right. Yes. And he, I don't know exactly like what the vibe is here. I think Bonnie went to visit because... The witches were giving her the dreams, but she thought it was just stress. But she's there for some reason, and Stefan has just been waiting for her. Right. Because he needs her to do a spell, as always. Oh, and he needs her to do the spell because he wants to hide the coffins from Klaus. Yeah. Right? And it would be way too easy for him to just, like, take them somewhere far away, because then he couldn't be on the show. Yeah, so he's like, I must hide them in this specific location in Mystic Falls. And Bonnie's like, hold up. I don't think I'm strong enough to hide four original coffins. I'm like, Jeremy really got to her, didn't he? Now she's she's the one saying she's not strong enough. enough. And then Stefan's all like, listen, Klaus's family is his only weakness. If I have these bodies, I could ruin him. I don't care if you're not strong enough. Just figure it out. 
You're a witch. You hate Klaus. You'll work something out. Ugh, so rude. Always mansplaining Bonnie's power, sir. Someone has to, I guess. Ugh, it's all we hear from these fools. Ugh. And, and then, they rely on her way too much to be spoken down to like that. Right? And, like, back in the day, Stefan would be like, I need a spell. It's for Elena. Yeah. But now it's, I need a spell. It's for Klaus. Yeah. Ugh. Klaus is the new Elena. Stefan's always got to be obsessed with somebody. Yep. And then I think we go back to the Gilberts. Yes. And um, Alaric and Elena are just hanging out, making dinner. And this is when I realized that he still lived there, right? Yeah. And for some reason, he has this enormous cleaver that he's cooking with. And I was like, that's a really bold move because people get stabbed in that kitchen all the time. It's happened at least twice. And often it's self-inflicted. Yes. There was Uncle John's fingers. There was uh, Jenna being compelled to stab herself in the stomach. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was Elena cutting herself on mozzarella night. I know I'm forgetting other ones. I feel like there was an Isabel. Oh, uh, or other. Damon stabbed Uncle Mason with a silver dagger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wow. But Alaric's just handling the largest slicing device possible because he has no fear of death. Because he has that ring. But that only protects him from supernatural death, as we're reminded later in the episode. Oh, right. So are Elena and Alaric here just kind of chatting about Jeremy? Yeah, they're so worried about Jeremy. And Elena says something hilarious like, hybrids, Klaus after me, originals and coffins. I can handle all that. But Jeremy being like off the rails or whatever, I'm worried. (laughs) Oh, my God. Get your priorities straight, Elena. It really reminded me of season one when everybody was so worried about Jeremy all the time because he was smoking the weed. Oh, yes. Doing all the drugs. Chill yourself. (laughs) So it's a throwback. And then Jeremy strolls in. and He's like, hey, guys, just going to be here for a sec. And then I'm going to go out with my new boyfriend, Tyler. And then Elena's all like, oh, hell no, you're not going out with a Tyler. He's been sired by Klaus, and Klaus is trying to kill all of us. So why are you trying to hang with him? And Alaric's like, I agree with your mother. You should stay away from that boy. He's bad news. <laughs> Jeremy's like, you don't know him like I know him. Also, he's standing outside and can hear every word you're saying. Hey, Tyler, why don't you come in? So this is a fucking problem because Elena is potentially being hunted by Klaus Jeremy invited Tyler in who is sired by Klaus and it's just dangerous because now Tyler can just come in whenever the hell he wants yeah that was a real dick move Jeremy continues to suck in new and exciting ways and they take this opportunity to uh, interrogate Tyler a bit. But I think first we have to check in with Damon and Klaus. Right. Yes. So Damon's at his house having a nice whiskey. And Klaus just... Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> Carly Klaus comes in. <laughs> Klaus comes in. And Damon's like not that disturbed. He's just like, oh, hi, Klaus. Would you like a whiskey? Like, what the fuck? I mean, his life's so fucked up that nothing can phase him anymore. I feel 
Like, that's appropriate. Uh, I guess. So Damon's like, here, would you like a drink? And then they cheers. And Klaus says something super British here, which I wrote down. He's like, cheers, mate. Down the hatch. (laughs) And I don't remember what happened in this scene totally, because all I wrote down was Klaus's ears move when he frowns. Yeah, they do. I I guess. (laughs) No, it was like... There's a moment where he and Damon say something to each other and then Damon turns away and suddenly uh, when Damon can't see him, Klaus frowns and like his ears just like move down vertically on his head. Whoa. Like, markedly. I don't know. That's all I noticed in this scene. That is weird. Um, yeah. So Klaus is like spewing some bullshit. He's like, listen, Damon, we have a lot in common. We both want to get in touch with Stefan. Um because Stefan stole my family, yada, yada, yada. So Klaus is looking for Stefan. And he thinks Damon is the most likely to be able to find him. Right. And Damon's all, I don't know where Stefan is. I don't know where my brother is. And Klaus then gets on the phone and mysteriously says to someone, do the thing that I told you to do. Ah, yes. And I think this cuts back and forth a little bit with the Gilberts, uh, where They've sat Tyler down to ask him some quick cues about what it really means to be sired to Klaus and how it's different from being compelled. Oh, right. And he's like, listen, if you're compelled, it's just mind control. It's brainwashing like you have no control with being sired. It's like faith. Wow. Okay, Tyler, calm down. Somebody has a crush. (laughs) And so they're like, okay, so you'll do anything that Klaus says. Like, if he told you to jump off a bridge, would you? And he gets all upset. He's like, he would never ask me to jump off a bridge. How dare you? And anyway, I'm a hybrid. I would be fine. I would just go swimming for a while. And then they say, well, what if he told you to rip out your own heart? He's like, he would never. And I guess I would rip my heart out. Whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, you sound like Caroline with all of these questions. I still make my own decisions. But does he... If you would jump off a bridge. Yeah, it's like he feels like he has free will, but it's like unconscious that he responds like, yeah, I would rip out my own heart. Like he doesn't even realize that he's saying it. Right. Uh, It's very weird. It's an unfortunate situation. Unfortunate. (laughs) Unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. I have drank one beer. (laughs) Um, and Elena and Alaric think so too because they're both kind of discussing about how the whole sire bond is pretty wild and Alaric says that it reminds him of like cult logic yeah clearly Tyler is stupid I think is what we learn from this Uh, and somewhere in all of this Jeremy steps away to take a call oh yes (laughs) Klaus has called him and Tyler leaves and Elena and Alaric like huddle together by the counter to be like, oh, well, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I don't think he knows how bad that is. We should talk to Jeremy about it. And they turn around and Jeremy's just gone and he's left his gaudy ring like in a dish. <laughs> yeah. Like on his plate or something. And it's like, oh, I wonder what could possibly have happened. I know. It's not a good sign, though. So we cut to the outdoors, and we see that Jeremy is just standing in the middle of the street like a fool. Mm-hmm. It's like Damon, except he will not be 
faking his death to kill somebody. He's just been compelled to get killed. Yes. So there's just a big SUV, like, barreling towards him, driving super, super fast. And Alaric and Elena see what's happening. And without really a second thought, Alaric just rushes to try and get Jeremy out of the way of the car and in doing so, Alaric gets hit by the car pretty hard. Yeah, he bounces off the windshield. You can see some blood on the glass. And my favorite part of this whole thing is that somehow Alaric's shirt gets sliced and diced. Yes. Like there's random holes all over it as though somebody has been like slashing at it with a knife. Right. Not exactly what I would think would happen from being hit by a car. It was just like, make it look like he got roughed up. So he sacrificed himself nobly, as a father would do, I suppose. And the uh, SUV comes to a crawl and rolls down the window, and it's Tony! Oh no, Tony. And he says to Elena, there I go again, bumping into people. And do you know what that makes him? What? A bump jerk. A bump jerk, yes! <laughs> oh my god. He's the newest bump jerk in town. He is. Sorry, your your time is up, guy from that one founders-related party. <laughs> Which one? Who knows? The one, one where uh, uh, Sheriff Forbes was looking swole. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, that's another person who wasn't in this episode. Yeah, no Forbeses. Womp womp. So, yes, clearly that was all orchestrated by Klaus somehow. And I think we go back to Klaus then, and he is overseeing some kind of renovations on a place where he's going to live. Yes. And there's this uh, hybrid lady who he's talking to. I noticed she had sort of similar hairdo to Rose, where it's like straightened and sticking kind of straight to the side. (laughs) And he says something like, Compel the contractor to open up the walls. We want sunlight in here. I want a fortress, not a dungeon. Something like that. Class's part-time job is interior designer. I wonder what, how much better would it been, have been if the originals had just been a Property Brothers. Oh my god. <laughs> Fictionalized with vampires. Uh, we could only be so lucky... And Tyler comes in and he's pissed because he found out about Jeremy and he actually sort of cares about Jeremy. Yeah. He's like, I didn't think we would have to kill anybody. I thought you just wanted to warn them. And Klaus drops the truth bomb on Tyler. He's like, listen, Tyler, I know that you think Jeremy's your friend, but human life is just a means to an end. And wow. we need to stop feeling guilty. <laughs> and uh, we go back then to... Jeremy and Elena and I think Damon's there too and somebody asked Jeremy where's your bracelet because we might recall that Jeremy's vervain was in his leather cuff yes and he looks at his arm and he just looks around confused after that he's like uh I don't know and you know what this reminded me of so much Gilmore Girls when Jess stole Rory's bracelet oh yes (laughs) Because he's like the rebellious, wrong side of the tracks kid, although he's rich and the mayor's son, whatever. He's the Jess. He stole Rory's bracelet. And the way that Elena and Alaric were talking to him earlier, it was totally like, we don't approve of your new boyfriend. Like, we don't think you should be dating this boy. So I got a real kick out of that. I love it. But yeah, they determined that 
Klaus ordered Tyler to get Jeremy's bracelet off him, and that's why they were hanging out earlier. And Jeremy's like, fuck this place. We just need to leave town. Everything sucks here. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jeremy is actually making sense and saying something smart. What is going on? Right. I know. It's a total mindfuck. He's like, none of us are ever going to make it out of this town alive, which probably true based on how things have been going for them. Right? And I'm like, this is just terrible. I don't want to agree with Jeremy, but I completely agree with him. And, you know, we couldn't have a show if people followed his advice, but he is not wrong. (laughs) So then I think Elena gets a phone call um, and it's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. So I think what happens is that Bonnie explains that she actually found the four coffins and that it wasn't just a stress dream that she saw them. (laughs) So I think something that happened with this conversation is that Elena realized that Tyler had mentioned something about Klaus having four coffins with his family members in them. And she's like, four coffins? That sounds familiar. Right. I got to talk to Bonnie. And she tells Bonnie, like, oh, my God, it wasn't just a stress dream. Like, I think this was about the originals and their coffins. I know you think your locator spell won't work, but you got to find Stefan. And she's like, actually... Oh, yes. Okay. That's right. Good thing you remember what happens in these episodes, Claire. Vaguely. <laughs> so they go to meet up with her at the witch house. And I don't remember when this happens, but at some point they remind us that all of the witches in the witch house turned their backs on Bonnie when she brought Jeremy back to life. But they've come back now because there's some new problem that they need to deal with. Yeah, And that's why they're whispering in all those scenes. I love the reminder of how the witches hate Jeremy so much. It's so good. And speaking of people the witches hate, when Damon tries to go in the house, his ring stops working again because they're trolling him from beyond the grave. (laughs) And he starts burning in the sun and has to zoom outside. Yes. uh, Bless the 500 witches. And Damon's like, really? Seriously? Still? So Elena has to go in alone and she meets Bonnie in the basement. And we see throughout this whole scene that Damon's Damon's eavesdropping from outside because he has his super vampire hearing and it sounds kind of like the same audio quality as the sound that comes from a baby monitor I noticed (laughs) (laughs) yes just general muffledness so uh, Stefan shows up then right right yes Stefan shows up and I think he tells Elena to go away. He's oh like, yes, he says go away. Yes, yeah. I he forgot like, about. He says it very dramatically. Yeah, he's like, hey, go away. And Elena starts making this heartfelt plea to him, like, you need to give Klaus his coffins back. He's really mad. He's threatening us. He tried to kill Jeremy, and Stefan's like, why the fuck do you think I care if Jeremy lives or dies? Like, where have you been? Yes, and it's brutal because we all know how much. Elena cares about Jeremy's life all of a sudden. For some reason. Yep. Um, And yeah, so like Elena's like trying to plead with Stefan and Stefan is like, listen, I'm not giving Klaus what he wants. Bonnie sucks at keeping secrets and I don't (laughs) give a shit what's going on here. And then Elena slaps him in his face. And he deserves it. He does. I was happy that that happened. And she tells him to go to hell. Oh. Such a mild insult. 
She says it with a lot of venom, though. Uh, like, she true. really means it. And for Elena, that's a pretty good burn. Yeah, that's a good Normally point. in this situation, she would hug him. <laughs> she, she would be like, I love you more than ever. <laughs> but currently, she has given up on him. She and Damon have both decided he's too far gone, and they'll never get him back. I'm sure that will never change. Yep. So she goes outside to talk to Damon, who has heard everything, and she's like, I guess uh, we're fucked. And Damon's like, I should talk to him. She's like, you can't go in the house because the witches hate you. And he's like, well, you know what? You go deal with your shitty brother and I'll deal with my shitty brother and we'll reconvene later. And then he zooms through the witch house, like burning himself quickly on sunbeams and zooming into walls until he makes it to the basement. And then he and Stefan have a zoom fight. They do have a zoom fight that is resolved pretty quick because Damon ends up just staking Stefan in the stomach. And he well, like grabs a, a branch of off a tree. Yes. Yes, you got another classic scenario for this show. And he like holds the branch in his stomach and is like twisting it for the rest of this conversation. Yes. So basically what is Damon Damon's like, why did you let Klaus go? Oh yeah, he's like really pissed. Like we had Klaus, we were gonna kill him. What the hell is wrong with you that you saved him? And finally, Stefan is like, I did it to save you! And Damon's pissed, and he's like, stop saving me! And I was glad this scene happened, because I kind of forgot like that whole aspect <laughs> of that situation. Because there was this whole thing where the hybrid army was instructed to kill Damon if Klaus died and Stefan found that out and that's why he killed Michael. Oh, right. Instead of killing Klaus. And so this is yet another scenario where instead of just saying you're my brother and I love you, they have to like punch each other in the face and stab each other a lot because they have feelings. And that's the only way to work them out. As we all know. And I think so, we go back to the woods, right? Okay, yeah. So back in the woods, we see Jeremy and Tyler have met up again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy creeps up behind Tyler with his crossbow. Yes. And Tyler's like, bitch, are you serious? And <laughs> Jeremy says the stupidest fucking thing. He says, you stab my back, I stab yours. I'm like, you're holding a crossbow, not a knife, you idiot. <laughs> and Tyler's just like... Uh, not nervous at all, and I think Jeremy tries to let the bow go again, and Tyler catches it again, doesn't he? I don't remember. I was too busy being like, that's not how crossbows work. Uh, and Tyler is just kind of like, listen, Jeremy, you just need to get home, stay inside, Klaus isn't done with you. Yeah. So he's kind of giving him a warning, but he is also not going to stop because he's going to follow through with Klaus's wishes. Yes. So Jeremy's feelings are hurt here because he thought that he and Tyler were true bros again. Right. But it was all a ruse. But you also see that Jeremy or Tyler actually cares if Jeremy lives or dies. So it wasn't all fake. Right. At least there's a little bit of empathy there. Sometimes two shitty people can find a friendship. (laughs) So at that point, uh, then we go back to Elena's where she has somehow dragged Alaric's body into the house. (laughs) And um, Alaric is pretty much like rising from the dead here. And he's coughing up blood. And we realize that he's alive because he was wearing his magic ring. And Mm -hmm. the person who was driving the car at full speed was a magical creature. So he was protected under the spell. 
Um, so Elena has called the paramedics, I guess. So they come right. to the front door. Yeah, because usually Alaric wakes up from his death naps and he's just fine. But this time he's still all fucked up and coughing up blood and that's new. Uh, and so yes. Elena's freaking the fuck out and these paramedics come and she's like, he was hit by a car and he's bleeding. And I also noticed that she plopped him on that couch but didn't put down any towels or anything and... That couch is now ruined. Oh, gross. Yeah. Maybe it was Scotch Garden. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like the paramedics come in and they're like, oh, it must be internal bleeding. Let's get him into the ambulance immediately. And then Tony waltzes in like he owes, owns the place. Except he can't actually get Oh, in. wait, you're right. He so, owns the doorway. Yes, he doesn't waltz in because that's against the entire premise of this show. <laughs> um, it was the first thing you learned about vampires. I know. So he he projects from the doorway um, and compels the paramedics to just get in the ambulance and leave. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is he wants to be invited into the house. So he's like, my blood will heal him, but you got to invite me in. Like, there's a very easy solution to this problem. Call Damon or call Caroline. There are many vampires about who could do this, but Elena's, like, really conflicted. She doesn't want Alaric to bleed out or whatever the hell's going on with him. But uh, she is spared from having to make that decision because finally Jeremy gets the opportunity to shoot somebody with his goddamn crossbow (laughs) that he's been carrying around with him all day. And he's like, wait, he's not dead yet. And Elena's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, and Jeremy fucking runs into the kitchen, grabs that giant knife that Alaric was using earlier in the episode, comes out and beheads Tony on their front porch in front of the whole neighborhood. And listen, he takes this cleaver, and as I mentioned before, it's quite large, you know, but it's still, like, smaller than a bread box, and it's Jeremy, and somehow we're meant to believe that he took this cleaver and in one stroke decapitated this guy. The grown man. He got through the yeah. bone and the sinew in one stroke. I am sorry. I don't buy it for a second. He should have been sawing that off like that one scene in Game of Thrones where uh, one oh. of the, where uh, Theon's really shitty at decapitating people. Yeah. Topical references. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's no freaking way that that went that smoothly but this is supposed to be like a big dramatic moment because there's like a close-up of jeremy's face and there's flecks of blood on and he's like now he's dead and it was very good that they had that conversation with tyler and jeremy in the woods earlier where tyler very explicitly explained how to kill a hybrid (laughs) so (laughs) we know and then it's back to the damon and seppin fight Oh, yeah. So they're still trying to hide their feelings for one another. And Damon's like, why did you save me? Blah, blah, blah. And much time has passed because it's now like full dark and they're lounging in front of the witch house, having the same back and forth conversation. But it all boils down to Stefan being like, look, Klaus, piece by piece, took everything from me, and I am a petty bitch, and I am going to do the same thing to him. (laughs) He cares about his family enough to cart their carcasses around for thousands of years. He, Klaus mentioned offhand earlier, like, he had been carrying them around with him until it was the right time for them to all be together again. It's like, that's a fucking creepy thing to say and do. I know, it's very weird. That they really just gloss over. (laughs) But... (laughs) 
He's like, this is the way to hurt Klaus. He can't just get away with all the shit he did to me. And I don't care what he does. This is my jam. And I'm not stopping. Right. And Damon, does he, like, say that he's on board and wants to help Stefan with this mission? Yeah, he's like, tag me in, bro. I want to fuck with Klaus, too. Let's make this a tag team. Right. And then Stefan's like, fine, but Elena can't be involved. Damon's like, hell yeah, let's make a decision for her. We haven't done that in so long. (laughs) Right. Let the powers unite against Elena. (laughs) So they are tentatively teaming up to fuck with Klaus. Damon makes the great point that he is much better at being schemy and mischievous than mischievous, mischievous words (laughs) than Stefan is. Whereas I say neither of them is as good at it as Catherine, who... Stefan was hanging out with at the end of last episode. I wish she was still around. Oh, was he? I don't know. Yeah, like they drove off together and she's like, you need to get mad, Stefan. Oh, right. Oh, what's Catherine up to? Where are you at, girl? She's probably getting a mani-pedi. Yeah, yeah, she's just relaxing at the spa. So now that Stefan and Damon have kind of repaired their relationship a tiny bit and decided to join forces against Klaus... Um, we need to check on our dude Alaric, so we cut <laughs> over to the hospital where he is still wearing the same bloody outfit that he was when he left Elena's, and he's just like standing in the hospital, and a woman doctor walks in, and she starts explaining that Alaric broke three ribs and had fractured this and internal bleeding and whatever, and Alaric's like, okay, great, gotta go, and then the doctor and him start flirting and we find out that yeah. the doctor's name is Dr. Fell. Oh my god. As in Logan Fell. As in, what was it, Tina Fell? Tina Fell, my favorite. <laughs> she's the one who got the DUI so she couldn't win the parade or what? No, she explained that just because her community service was court ordered from her DUI didn't mean that she didn't really care about serving the community and uh, she should be Miss Mystic Falls. Yes. Oh, the Fell family. <laughs> so this is Meredith Fell. Uh, spoiler alert, she will come back and she is played by Tori DeVito who at the time was married to Paul Wesley. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I got very uh, excited when I saw her name in the credits even though I actually don't really care about this character that much. <laughs> I was like, I know her. Oh, wow. She's also on Pretty Little Liars as Spencer's older sister. Got it. For those of you who watch that terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> so she, yeah, they're definitely mutually flirting. And she's like, what's your secret, Alaric? Do you have a guardian angel or did you make a deal with the devil? And he's like, LOL, both. Wink. Uh, the whole scene was just so weird. It was because as you pointed out, he's like not wearing a hospital gown. There's no sign that there's been any kind of medical treatment. <laughs> right. He's like still actively bleeding. <laughs> and she's like, I don't even know how you're how you're walking around. And it's mentioned at some point later that Damon gave him some of his blood. But it, I don't know when that happened. And it's like, what was the point of bringing him to the hospital if he doesn't even stay there in the first place? But yeah. It was for drama reasons. <laughs> it was to, intro- to introduce Dr. Fell. Yes. And uh, at some point in, around here, everybody goes back to the witch basement to meet up with uh, Steph- or for Stefan to reveal that the coffins are in the witch basement now, but they're invisible because the 100 dead witches 
are helping to disguise it because they hate Klaus too. So if Klaus were to come in the room, he would not know that they were there, is the point. Yes. Spooky. It is so spooky. Um, And then, is it at this point that Elena meets up with Klaus? Yes. Yes. So I think we skipped a a small mention earlier where Elena floated the idea that maybe instead of trying to deal with Stefan, they should just give Klaus Rebecca because we might remember... Elena stabbed or daggered Rebecca right before the homecoming dance, which was really sad. Oh, yeah. And so they know where Rebecca is, and they can use her as a bargaining chip. But Damon had said, oh, no, that's stupid. Like, it's not good enough. And Rebecca would immediately murder you, which yeah, fair. But <laughs> Elena has invited Klaus over. <laughs> and in a great line that reminded us of one of our favorites from season two, she says, thank you for coming, Klaus. <laughs> Thank you for coming to murder me. Oh my god, it's so funny. The last time she said it was to the pe- creepers that she found on Craigslist, yes, right? Oh my to try god. to give herself to Elijah. <laughs> so Elena has invited him over because she wants to trade Rebecca now just to spare Jeremy. I'm like, you're really bad at negotiating. You could have gotten more out of this deal, but yes. Klaus is like... Your brother for my sister. A fair trade. <laughs> that accent, Claire, is very on point. <laughs> but then Klaus proves that Elena's an idiot. He's like, but I still need you to find Stefan. I'll stop M- Rebecca from murdering you because I still need you. And guess what? Everybody else is still fair game. Who am I going to kill next? Bonnie? Caroline? Damon? Wow. As though Damon's the one she cares about the most. Right, yeah, that's what he's implying there for sure. You burnt Bonnie and Caroline. (laughs) And um, I think at this point, Elena kind of gets back at Klaus a little bit, and she like kind of drops the bomb that Rebecca knows that Klaus had killed their mother. Mm. Um, So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, she's like, have fun with your sis. She doesn't want to hang out with you because you murdered your mom. Mm -hmm. And also, BTW, uh, Stefan is a monster. You made him a monster. And he's your problem now, motherfucker. So she's really... She's really sassy and like getting in some good hits this episode. I was kind of proud of her. Yeah, you're right. And her plan with Rebecca was... It did have merit. She didn't totally think it through. But (laughs) at least... Klaus isn't going to try to kill Jeremy anymore, and she cares about that, unlike us, so. Yeah, that's important to her for some own unknown reason. <laughs> I mean, I can't identify because all of my siblings are awesome. I'm trying to imagine if one of my siblings sucked, if I would still care if they lived or died. I mean, I guess I would. I think you probably would, even if they sucked really bad. But... Can you imagine being related to Jeremy Gilbert? You would have I'd rather not. problems. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they have made their bargain. Elena says that she doesn't know where Stefan is, but Klaus knows she's lying. But for now, they're okay. And then I think we catch up with Alaric, and is he back at Elena's house now? He's somewhere. Yeah. With <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah. And Jeremy gives a quick recap of what's been going on since Alaric was in the hospital and basically he drops the fact that he shot a hybrid in the back and then beheaded him with a meat cleaver. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jeremy. 
And at some point, somebody says something to Alaric, like, that he'll end up day drinking with Damon. And <laughs> Alaric says, I'd rather have head trauma. It's like, you doth protest too much, girl. <laughs> but Jeremy goes on this really emo rant here, like, I know I said we should leave town earlier, but, you know, whatever. Like, everything is terrible. The world sucks. I'm a fatalist now, apparently. And we just have to live with it and whatever. So emo. And then one of my other favorite parts of the episode Elena's at home and Damon comes in and he's like, oh, okay, I took care of Tony. I, I threw him in the quarry. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where Amy Bradley's body was, wasn't it? Oh. Or was she I'm, in a ravine? Some sort of water themed. It just reminded me of Amy Bradley's. So uh, Elena has been cleaning up the blood from the front porch. <laughs> And so she's, like, at the kitchen sink, washing the blood off her hands, like, hey, Lady Macbeth, what up? Yep, just a regular Tuesday over here. Um, And they're, like, kind of catching up a little bit, but Elena just casually drops the fact that she made a deal with Klaus Mm -hmm. and that she gave him Rebecca in exchange for Klaus leaving Jeremy alone. Oh, is that why the episode's called The New Deal? Oh. Oh. Probably. And they have this argument about whether or not that was an idiotic idea and whether or not they care about Jeremy. And <laughs> Elena's just really upset this whole episode about like all the trauma that Jeremy has gone through and all the things that have are happening and really it tipped it over for her having him decapitate somebody in front of her. And at some point she makes reference to the fact that Jeremy is 16, which should surprise me, but I'm like, 16? Really? I know. And it's also like what Elena is like 18. So she's talking about the fact that Jeremy is 16 and has seen so much. And Elena's only two years older than him or some shit. Yeah. And it also reminded me of Buffy, who was 16 at the beginning of her show. And she was decapitating bitches left and right. And nobody was worried about her. Because the patriarchy, (laughs) men are frail. Yes. So she is just really tweaking about Jeremy and like, it's not fair. It's not right that he should be having to do such horrible things. And Damon says something like, well, we'll fix it. And he like places his hands gently on her face and they stare at each other for a really long time. Yeah, it was creepy. Using her fear of her brother being fucked up to like try and make out with her. It's very (laughs) bizarre. And then we go over to Klaus's house, which is still covered in, like, construction equipment and a slab on which he has placed Rebecca's body. (laughs) It's so weird because I kept thinking that Klaus is at the witch house because of how ramshackle wherever the fuck he is. It reminded me of the model home from, like, the second or third episode of The O.C. (laughs) Yes. At first I thought you were going to say Arrested Development, and I was like, hmm. (laughs) Different model home. Yes. Less finished. So, yeah, you said Klaus laid Rebecca's gray, shrivelly body down on a slab, and he's all, like, reminiscing. He's like, oh, Rebecca, it took over a thousand years for us to get here, and I thought that I would bring you back and we would live this life together, but that's all ruined now. So sorry, sister. We'll meet again someday. And then he just stakes her. Yeah, he first he's like creepily stroking her face and he says he's sorry and then he just puts the dagger right back in like as her finger is twitching. Uh, <laughs> like she's just starting to wake up. 
but he doesn't want to deal with the consequences of his actions as per usual. So he's just going to let her sleep. And oh, wait, it was the dagger that he put back in her? Yeah. Because oh. stakes don't really work on originals. Oh, right. Yes, the whole stakes don't work on originals thing. I can't keep up. It's been a long time. Okay, so I thought <laughs> Rebecca was gone forever, forever, but he's just oh, no. not waking her up right now. Yeah, he just, he took the dagger out and then placed it back in because he's a coward. Right, and he doesn't want to deal with the fact that she's going to confront him about murdering their own mother. Right. Got it. Wow. Life is a rich tapestry. <laughs> it sure is. I'm really glad Klaus isn't my brother. That sounds like a real hassle. It does. Oh my god. Not that I don't love napping, but I like to be in control of when and where it happens. I don't know. That amount of sleep sounds pretty good to me right now. <laughs> uh, and then, speaking of sleep, we go to Jeremy's bedroom. And I noticed <laughs> he's, like, standing at his dresser, and he has, like, this giant dinosaur figure, like, sitting on top <laughs> of his dresser. He's only it's like the size of his Claire. head. <laughs> it's like sick dinosaur, bro. And there might have been a Nintendo as well. I couldn't tell for sure. But anyway, that's not relevant. What's relevant is that they're about to have a gintervention. Wow. <laughs> as I wrote in my notes. Gintervention. I love it. So this is fucked up. It really is. Yeah. So like Jeremy, Elena, and Alaric all come in. And start going on about how Jeremy shouldn't have to live this kind of life. And then, as, as he's done before, Damon just compels Jeremy. He's like, listen, you're going to leave Mystic Falls behind. You're going to go visit some family in Denver or something. And <laughs> you'll Denver. live a better life. You're going to go to a new school. You're going to meet some new girls. Living girls. <laughs> Had to get that dig in. <laughs> And you're never going to think of Mystic Falls again. You won't miss it one bit. And it's really weird because Jeremy knows what's going to happen before it happens and he doesn't protest, which makes it slightly better than last time because Damon comes up and is like, so your sister thinks it's time we have another one of our talks. Oh, do you think? I thought that Jeremy was too stupid to understand what was going on. That is entirely possible. I may be giving Jeremy too much credit here, which I'm appalled at. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But it's really weird. But I'm also really happy because, yeah, get the fuck out of town, Jeremy. We don't want to see your face again. Yes. So I'm hoping that this is the last time we see Jeremy. And this is also a really hilarious moment because there's this terrible song that starts playing here that goes through the entire rest of the episode. But, like, as uh, Damon is telling Jeremy that he's going to leave town, in the background you hear the line, it's everything you wanted. And I'm like, yes, it is everything I wanted. (laughs) Leave. Never come back. Never think of Mystic Falls again. Yes. So it did have that going for it, but otherwise it was terrible. The song was on for so, so long. It and really I kept was. thinking it was the end. And then a whole nother verse would come. And it was very rude. That is rude. You should write them a letter. I should. we got to find out who it was first. <laughs> <sighs> so we never see Jeremy again. <laughs> and then we go over to the witch house where Bonnie and Stefan are hanging out with all the coffins. Now they're at the coffin party having a great time. Yep. You know, that's where all the fun is happening. Um, and Bonnie's looking at the coffins and Stefan's explaining how he can't open the coffins. He said that he's tried to use an axe. He's tried to like blow it up with dynamite. I don't know. He's tried everything. So I think it's actually just one of the coffins oh, that they can't okay. open. 
And one of the ways he said he tried to open it was with a blowtorch. And I'm like, can we think about that for a second? I don't think that that's how it works. Oh, my God. You just bring the blowtorch over to the old coffin. And it opens right up. Yeah. So apparently this coffin is extra special. And everybody's curious about this fourth coffin. Because I guess we only know about three other siblings. I don't oh, know. One of them okay. is Elijah. And then I guess there's two others. Okay. I know who they are. But the audience in general does not yet. Even if they told me, I wouldn't have remembered, so. <laughs> it's uh, Brooke and Darren. <laughs> Brooke and Darren. Oh, my old friends. So there's some comment like, oh, well, this is the one that can't be opened at all. That probably means it's the one that can help us. Oh, yes, of Because Klaus doesn't want it open for some reason. Oh. So then we go to our final scene, which is a classic moment of Damon and Elena having an emotional conversation on the Gilbert porch. And Elena's conflicted about what they've done. She's like, I feel kind of like an asshole for doing that to Jeremy again, but shruggy emoticon. Yeah. And then Damon explains to Elena how lucky Jeremy is to have (laughs) her as his sister. And I'm like, are you for real? Like, I mean, I'm no Jeremy Gilbert lover, but I'm pretty sure that he's not lucky to have Elena as a sister because all of this shit is going down because of her. And he's also had his memory erased not once, but twice have two girlfriends killed. Another one dumped because he was having that was all affair with, but would it, would it have happened if it wasn't for Elena? It wouldn't have been a ghost, (laughs) but I'm sure he would have cheated on somebody at some point. Yeah. He totally would have done something boneheaded like that for sure. But I just thought it was a little much for Damon to say that. That's the only objection I have to what you said. (laughs) And then Elena gets really serious and she's like, Damon, I just want to thank you for everything that you've done. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. This is, you know, been so hard and you're the best. I guess. Yeah. Uh, And then, I don't know what prompts it, but Damon starts to drop truth bombs about Stefan. Mm -hmm. So Damon explains that Stefan didn't actually screw them over. He saved Klaus in order to save Damon. Yeah. And Helena actually says, what does it mean? (laughs) Is that what Damon says? That he just stole the coffins to get even? Yeah. He's like, he... Mm -hmm killed Michael and saved Klaus to save me and he stole the coffins to get revenge on Klaus and he's real pissed now he's like this is terrible because for two seconds I thought that Stefan was just an irredeemable asshole and I right. wouldn't have to feel guilty for wanting to fuck you but here we are suddenly I realize he isn't as lost as I thought he was and now I have guilt about my boner yep. damn it and then he has a boner, so he kisses <laughs> Elena. Yeah, he, like, walks away at first, and then he turns back, and he's like, actually, you know what, fuck this. If I'm going to feel guilty about this, I'm at least going to have something real to feel guilty about. And then he lays one on her, and she is fairly passive. Like, she doesn't push him away, but she, yeah. like, doesn't say anything. She just kind of stares at him when it's done, and he's like, good night, Elena. Oh, God, so dramatic. And I really thought she was going to touch her lips, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that one. It's just a it. Catherine thing. <laughs> and that's the end. Wow. A lot happened in this one, too. Yeah. Like, 
I forgot. It's been a while since we watched an episode, but I forgot just exactly how much shit happens in each episode. I wrote more notes for this episode than I've ever written before. Good thing you did, because I cannot remember. <laughs> I have um, this condition now, which at first I thought it was just some sexist bullshit when people would say like, oh, you know, she has mom brain, but my brain does not work the same way as it did before I had a child. Yikes. Yeah, so... It's a noble sacrifice. I guess. I didn't know it was coming up strong like it, how it did, but okay. <laughs> yes, oh my goodness. I can't believe we just watched and discussed an episode of this show. It's been so long. I know. It feels good to be back in the saddle or whatever. Yeah. The episode, I think, would have been better if Caroline was in it, but I was glad that Matt wasn't there. Yes. I would have liked to see Catherine. I forgot that she's been hanging around. Yeah. Maybe it's... Catherine again at the end of the episode not Elena <laughs> oh yes that's what Mike said as we were watching it together hey yeah. Mike he's actually just sitting over on the couch yeah I'm just being quiet <laughs> I hope you all could hear that he put the baby to bed and now he has joined us on the other side of the apartment yes so I think this brings us to our favorite segments yes it's been so long who you want to punch okay I think I'm going to punch Alaric because he saved Jeremy. (laughs) So I thought (laughs) that is the best possible reason. (laughs) I thought that Jeremy was kaput when we saw the SUV speeding towards him at full blast. And we knew that he didn't have his gaudy ass ring on because it was on the dinner plate. And then Alaric comes out of nowhere like a bat out of hell, pushing him out of the way. Uh, so I want to punch him right in the face for that one. I agree. Very Who good. Who do you want to punch? I mean, it seems way too obvious to say Jeremy. I probably want to punch him the most, but just because I feel like I say that every single week, <laughs> I'm going to say Klaus. Okay. Like, Klaus always is the villain, but I was just particularly mad at him about Rebecca this week. Like, yeah, he got his sister back. But it was like, he didn't want to save his sister. He just wanted to have control over what happened to his sister. So it's like her life is completely at his will. Mm -hmm. He can literally bring her back to life or kill her whenever it suits him. And because she has a very, very, very reasonable reason to be upset with him, he's like, rather than deal with that, I'm just going to let you be dead until I can figure out whatever. And that pisses me off. And also he's, you know brainwashing all of these hybrids which is very problematic if you think about it like they all have basically no free will and he's like yeah go me yeah and he has like no qualms about it whatsoever yeah Uh, I think that's a good choice Klaus was be an extra classy this episode yeah so who on the other side would you like to high five who would I like to high five oh that's a good question I kind of want to high five Elena it's very rare, but yeah. she just had so many good quips and burns, and, like, she was standing up for herself. She was. You're right. You pointed out a few of, of her good ones uh, throughout the recap. I had missed a couple, but, you know, kind of seeing you highlight it for us um, helped me look at her in a new light. It's almost as though not having Stefan, like, looming around let, allows her to, like, breathe and have a personality. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Absolutely. And, of course, Damon does his best to put a damper on that, but... I know. He's trying to keep her under control. And, like, she's still a very stupid person. (laughs) And, you know, that's probably never going to change. But she showed some glimmers of intelligence, which was rare. Yes. I think that's a good choice. So who you want to high five? 
All right. So keeping with my theme of who I want to punch, I would like to high five Damon because Mm. he tells Jeremy to (laughs) go to Denver and I'm hoping that we'll never have to see him again. Although I'm not optimistic that's how this all turns out, but I would like to thank Damon for his service there. Yeah, that was really God's work. It was. It was. To erase someone's memory, not once, but twice. Wow, it's a bold move. It's like in any other context, it's fucked up, but we're just so grateful. Thank you so much, Damon. Uh, Some sweet relief. I highly approve of both of those choices. (laughs) Thank you. So, Beth, why are men? Why are men? Well, why are men? I haven't watched the show in a while, uh, but the thing that really stuck out to me this week was just kind of how prevalent violence was. Mm. Um, So all of the scenes with Jeremy and Tyler and the crossbow and using violence for fun and, and Tyler talking about joking and saying about how in order to deal with their feelings, they just have to get drunk and shoot stuff. Yeah. It just was like, uh, it just sat really poorly with me this episode. And I think that it's just, again, representative of the fact that when men have strong feelings, they don't know how to deal with them. So they have to turn to violence because that's the only way that they have some sort of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why men are like that. Me either. It sucks. It does suck. And um, you brought up some good points about earlier when you were talking about Stefan and Damon and their brotherly fights. Yeah, it's classic Stefan and Damon. Mm-hmm. Will they ever just tell each other they love each other? I honestly don't remember. They might. (laughs) But it's going to take a lot of mutual stabbings for it to come out. Yeah. So that's always fun and exciting. Uh, Another big thing that struck me was in that first scene with uh, Jeremy and Tyler where they were shooting their feelings. Uh, Tyler offhandedly mentioned that he was pissed at Caroline the implication that he's pissed that she dumped him for a very good reason that he is enthralled basically to everybody's enemy and can't be trusted. And it's like, how dare you? And I remember he gave that speech in the last episode or like was dragging on or like, you helped me through so much. Why can't you just keep on being by my side? Don't desert me now. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, because you could be told by your boss to kill us at any time and you would do it. Yeah. Maybe that. And also, he's just been acting like a dick ever since he was a hybrid. And he's taking no personal responsibility. Yeah, it, like, gave him a new sense of, like, weird confidence. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. It's like this manic, cocky... Yeah. Recklessness. And, of course, Bonnie and Jeremy, having broken up, seems to have not left Jeremy with any sense of contrition at all. He's just, like, pissed off about it and... Yeah, it's like he forgot that he ever had an emotional affair with two ghosts. It's like, this is 100% your fault. How dare you even, like, continue living? (laughs) Amen. And I think we covered a lot of the rest of it kind of along the way. There's a lot of the same general stuff of people making decisions for other people. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. yeah. All the good stuff that I don't want to give any more breath to. We'll never figure out why they are the way they are. But um, let's instead talk about fun topics. Who should have done it? Okay. Hmm. So I think that Tyler and Tony should have done it. Ooh. Because 
Both hybrid of their bros. names start with T. Yeah. They're both hybrids. They both They're, have Ys in their names. They do. They're both sire to Klaus, and they both have, like, this really gross masculine energy that they're, like, trying to intimidate everyone around them with, and mm-hmm. I think if they could just turn this to each other, um, it would be better for everybody else involved, and hopefully they could get some aggression out and stop trying to kill everyone around them. It's too bad Tony got decapitated so they could never realize this dream. Yep, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Darn. Who do you think should have done it, Claire? Uh, I'm going to be a little bit predictable and say uh, Tyler and Jeremy. Oh, totally. In part because they just reminded me of Rory and Jess a little bit this episode. <laughs> you know, it's the classic, like, my parents don't want me seeing this bad boy, but I'm going to do it and he's going to steal my bracelet and... I don't know. I I think that there is some romance a little bit hidden there underneath a lot of their feelings, and maybe some of the crossbow shooting is about that, too. I totally see that, and I see the crossbow as a metaphor. For a penis? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for breaking it down for us. <laughs> no subtlety here on the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Uh, so, yeah, simple as that. And, like, Jeremy was so hurt when he found out that their bromance wasn't real that it was all just Tyler scheming to get his bracelet off. Yep, he was legit hurt. It's a tragic star-crossed lovers, and I hate both of them, one more than the other, but I think they love each other. Good choice. Good choice. And oh my god, that takes us to the end of our first episode in so long. I know. How do you feel? Um, I feel good. I feel like this was so fun and I wish it hadn't been so long since we had recorded an episode. I do feel like my performance was a little rusty in terms of ah. my memory, but um You didn't call Stefan Stephanie even once. <laughs> oh yeah. I am a lot less drunk now that I'm a mother than I was previously. <laughs> Um, I'm still a bit of a lightweight, so that helps me at least keep the character's name straight, even if I can't remember what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I had to refrain from getting drunk because I have to drive a car. That's a a thing that was never a factor before. Right, That's what living in Wisconsin will do to you. But don't people just drive drunk there a lot? Tina Fell does. Tina Fell, (laughs) yep, she does. Well, I'm really excited that we were able to get back together on this. You know, who knows how often we're going to be able to do it, but I'm glad that we were able to knock this one out. Me too. And hopefully it won't be that long again. Um, And, you know, we got some Facebook messages and some new reviews since the last time Mm -hmm. that we recorded. And it really means so much to us, guys. Yeah. And we've gotten a lot of like private messages on Instagram and Facebook from people wondering, you know, where we are, if we're still going to keep going. And it really made us feel good to know that people actually still care whether we exist or not. (laughs) It really did. Uh, We got one particularly exciting Facebook message from somebody who basically told us that we taught him what feminism was. Yes. And I mean... Claire and I have always known that we're out here doing the Lord's work, but to see that feedback come from somebody, it made me so happy. And thank you for sharing. And I'm happy that our discussions about the podcast um, have made people think about feminism in a different way. Yes. And that unlike some of our other listeners, the reaction wasn't defensiveness and I'm not like that. Yes. Somebody learned something. Good job, guy. We love you. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. We got some really lovely reviews uh, in the last nine months. Uh, (laughs) 
with some great usernames out there was Caroline Can Do No Wrong, which is no truer statement has ever been made. Yes, amen. Uh, there was a somebody with a username, uh, Nikki Wood TVS, which uh, great Buffy ref, I see you. And uh, Casey Six Cats, they were all very nice to us. And then we got one semi-negative review, which, you know, I am not an unbiased person, so I can't say whether or not this review is accurate. But I would like to address one thing that this uh, person said that we talk like valley girls. And now vocal fry, sure. I would just like to put it out there that I would like to be called a valley person. There you Otherwise, go. fair enough. We'll take it. We like all of the reviews, even if they don't like us. <laughs> yes. That is my, the only issue I take with that. So thank you all for reaching out. We have missed you, and we love you, and we're sorry for taking so long. Uh, clearly, it was very uh, good reasons that we were gone for so long, and I wouldn't do it any other way because Beth has the cutest baby in the world. Yay. Thank you, Claire. So uh, if you want to reach out to us now that we're back on the airwaves, you can mystic follow us on Twitter. I haven't checked our Twitter in probably like six months, but (laughs) hey, maybe I'll run a poll. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Yes. You could also find us on Facebook. We're the Vampire Diaries Diaries. And we're on Instagram, the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. You got it. The whole thing. Yes. Wow. Um, we'll try to we'll find something fun to put up there for this episode. We totally will. And uh, we're probably on some other things. I don't really remember at this point. It's been so long. Remember we had a Tumblr for a while. We did have a Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr's not even really a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all those fun things. You can subscribe, rate, and review, follow, poke, whatever the hell. And that's all I can think of for Mystic Follows. Yeah. So until next time, we'd really like to make sure that if you end up decapitating somebody with a meat cleaver, that those terrible memories are washed away by a handsome vampire and that you can go and live a new and fruitful life with living girls in Denver. Beautiful, Claire. Beautiful. He's a rapper. Mozzarella.